0: Hi, this is Peter Wright from PeterWrightsBlog.com with episode number seven of the podcast series. This one's about language and how we use different words to convey different meanings. In a recent Toastmasters speech, the speaker used the term incidentally descriptive to relate how a 13-year-old girl had said she was devastated by her, her boyfriend ending their relationship. Apart from being a memorable and unusual pairing of words, the term stuck in my mind. That use of devastated surprised me. I would think that someone being abandoned after a lifelong relationship would be devastated, but a young teenager? The speaker then went on to tell us that in reality the girl was far from being devastated. Mildly irritated would be more accurate and secretly relieved perhaps even closer to the truth. But it reminded me of how our choice of words can colour the meaning of the message we're trying to communicate. It also highlights the cultural variations of different speakers using the same language. The choices people use to describe similar events can result in styles varying from the factually sterile to the dramatically emotional. Why should there be such a huge variance in the same language? There's several reasons. Cultural differences and biases educational biases, levels of education, reading habits and preferences, visual media preferences, what we watch on TV, video, film, internet, and of course generational differences. The educational biases and standards, reading and viewing preferences, even generational differences, are fairly obvious. Cultural differences and biases, not so much. Here's an example. The education system in Rhodesia, where I spent most of my life, closely followed the British system. It tended to produce English speakers with wide but unemotional vocabularies. Because of the comparatively late introduction and then limited channel choices of TV, it also encouraged my generation of baby boomers to be great readers. Apart from the influence of American films, it was a very British culture. We did not grow up using words like awesome, fantastic, (coughs) and other superlatives as they are used in North America. Perhaps as a result of the terrorist war sanctions and being abandoned by our former allies, we came accustomed to bad things happening to good people. A mother of three suddenly widowed by a terrorist ambush or a bomb in a supermarket might be devastated but not a 13 year old breaking up with a boyfriend. So does language drive behaviour or does behaviour drive language? Obviously it's both to some degree words and expressions seen as fashionable in a small clique of celebrity artists or athletes start to get used in the media then get picked up by a wider audience become accepted and evolve into the mainstream vocabulary gay and cool are two prime examples of words that now have totally different primary meanings to the originals does the adoption of new words and meanings encourage the adoption of fashions associated with the original first users, like those low-slung, backside-exposing jeans and back-to-front caps, while they're both mutually dependent. One problem with increasingly emotional language becoming the norm is that superlatives lose their meaning and impact. If we describe a cute kitten video on YouTube as awesome, how do we convey the awesomeness of a tsunami wrecking hundreds of miles of coastline and killing thousands of people? If relatively mundane events like 13-year-old romances ending are devastating, is it any wonder that entire classes of North American schoolchildren need counseling for events that in most other cultures would hardly warrant more than a few words of sympathy or explanation? Is the need for counseling the effect of emotional language, or does counseling encourage its use? Are we on a down, downward spiral of needing to dramatize every event with the most emotional language possible? What happens when awesome, devastated, and cool are no longer cool, or well, we have to invent new words or assign new meanings to older, seldom used ones? Emotional use of words creates best-selling books, compelling sales messages and successful political campaigns, the danger is that overuse can have far-reaching effects on society. How does this affect our marketing messages? Do we have to follow the trend to be heard, or would we stand out more if we went against the trend and reverted to more down-to-earth language? How do you use words? Do you notice major differences in how different people use words? Are we becoming a society of drama queens, or is this another symptom of the pendulum I wrote about in a previous post, swinging too far towards the we extreme. Click on this link to find out more about the pendulum book. Wishing you success.